Welcome to the VU Church Podcast. Do you like change or do you find it uncomfortable? If we're being honest, change can be challenging, whether it's change in relationship, at work, in our families, or within ourselves, changes can prompt a wave of different emotions. In week five of our collection, Living Together, Pastor Don Cherie Wilkerson shares three seasons of change and keys to walking with God in the midst of uncertainty. To discover collection resources, visit vuchurch.com slash together. Now let's lean into the message, You've Changed. I'm so grateful to be with all of you here at South Miami. We're joined by City. We're joined by DD, Everglades Correctional Institution, and all of our friends and family online. It's a good day to open up our hearts to what God wants to do in us. Do you believe that? We're in this together at a bunch of different locations, but God's brought us together with one purpose. And my name's Dawn Sheree Wilkerson. On behalf of our entire team, you've been welcomed several times, I know, but I wanna just tell you, we're so glad you're a part of this family. Whether you're at City, DD, watch it online, at Everglades, we believe that God has a call and a purpose on your life. And we've been in the middle of this collection called Living Together. Has anybody enjoyed this collection? We've been talking about the nitty gritty of relationship. God has created us to walk in relationship with Him and with those that He's placed in our life. And He has health and healing and vitality waiting for us as we look to Him day to day. And so today we're just taking another step on that journey as we look to God's Word. And today, if you're with me, you can turn to Ecclesiastes chapter three. Ecclesiastes chapter three, we're gonna read. Last week, Rich preached powerfully on repentance and forgiveness. How many of you were blessed by that word? Wasn't that awesome? And today, we're just gonna continue the journey. This is what Ecclesiastes chapter three says. For everything, there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to tear, a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. And I wanna talk to you for the next few minutes as we continue this collection called Living Together to talk to you on the thought, you've changed. You've changed. Wherever you are today, would you just bow your heads with me as we go to God? Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for your presence. Lord God, I thank you also for our team. God, this week on a missions trip to Uganda at Watoto, God, that you would bless our team as they go to show your tangible love. Lord, for VU kids today, Lord, that they would encounter your love in a very real way. Lord, for every location, every home, 
that is watching today. Do your will in our lives and change us by the power of your spirit. We are excited for the story that you're telling. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Come on, and everybody said? Come on, and everybody said? Let's put our hands together for God. We just read Ecclesiastes chapter three, written by the wisest man to ever live, Solomon. And he's giving these really clear seasons of life, that there is a time for everything. You know, in different seasons of my life, depending on what season I'm in, these verses hit me differently. Different things stand out to me. And really, every time we read the Word of God, it it speaks to us differently depending upon the season that we're in. We pay attention differently. Different things uh, Different things speak to us. Why? Because we are constantly in a state of changing. So it's a time to plant, a time to pluck up what's planted, a time to build, a time to tear down, a time to keep, a time to cast away. As I read Ecclesiastes, I'm sure that certain words resonated with you because it's what you're walking through right now. He talks of new beginnings. He talks of endings. All of us in life hate endings. We hate change. Why? Because change makes us uncomfortable. Doesn't matter how wonderful the transition is, there's apprehension because we've never been here before. We don't see anything past the changes because we don't know what to expect. In 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, it says this very important statement. It says, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. Well, what transpires between being a child and being a man? Change, seasons, experience, growth. You go from being a child to an adult because you experience different seasons that transform you from the inside out. These change of seasons don't just change our surroundings, they change us. Last week, we had a time change. Our clocks just changed by one hour, and friends, I don't know about you, but our house did not recover for the entire week. There were attitudes, there were emotional onsets, waves of tears for my children. How does one hour make that big of a difference? You know what stats would show is when our clocks change just by one hour, that traffic accidents increase by 6%. That depression, that it increases by 11% that week. That people's strokes, people going to the hospital with strokes increases within the first two days of one hour time change by 8%. How does one hour time change make that big of an effect on our lives? Because change matters. Even the most minute changes affect us in ways that we don't really understand. I think about when the seasons change and birds migrate. That they travel hundreds of miles to a different place and then they are able to return to their home with perfect precision, a homing device that is innate to them that scientists still can't fully explain because God has embedded the knowledge within them like only he can. 
Matthew chapter 10, verse 29 says, are not two sparrows sold for a cent, and yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So do not fear, you are more valuable than many sparrows. I've got good news for you. Sparrows may have a homing device, but you've got the Holy Spirit. (laughs) And he's gonna lead you through every season of change, every transition. You may not know the way home. He knows the way home. Is anybody thankful today that you're filled with the power of God and that he's leading you, he's guiding you, he's directing you. He knows the way through every season of change every single transition. Although he's with us, it doesn't mean that the seasons are easy. Can we be honest? Even Jesus, we're told that the Spirit of God led him into the wilderness. The Spirit of God led him there to be tempted so that he could overcome the attacks of Satan and emerge with more power and authority. We know that Paul was led back to Jerusalem, the last place that he wanted to go. Sometimes the place where God leads us, it's not an easy place, but he is with us. Seasons change and it's difficult. Ecclesiastes, Solomon says, going from embracing to refraining from embracing, that's not easy. Going from keeping to casting away, going from building to suddenly tearing down. These are not easy transitions. Yet God wants to speak strength to you right here, right now, in the middle of the change. Here at VU, we have a saying that every single service that you come to, we're gonna say it to you. If you're watching online, if you're at City, wherever you are, you know this saying. It's just keep. Come on, say it again. Just keep. And why do we say that? Because the temptation in transitions is for you to suddenly put your strength in something else. But really, if you just decide to show up even when you don't feel like showing up, when you're tired, when you're questioning, when you're wondering, when you're overwhelmed, when you're not feeling it anymore, how many of you know our feelings lie? But when we step into obedience, God meets us every single time. Just keep showing up and watch what God does in your life. So what season are you in? What season are you in? Because the Holy Spirit helps us discern what season we are in so that we can take the appropriate steps forward. You know, I believe that for our church and for you individually, this is a season to face your fear. This is a season to face your fear. First John chapter 4, 18, that's one of my life verses. There is no fear in love but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We just read that Ecclesiastes says that there's a time to keep and a time to cast away. If you choose to cast anything away today, I hope that you cast out fear. I hope that you let the love of Jesus once and for all cast out the fear in your life. I'd like to take a little bit of time to speak specifically to the singles in this room. The reason why I'm starting 
with the single people in this room because this is our natural state of being. We are born being single, and most likely we're all going to die single. I know that last week Rich preached powerfully and he talked about that notebook kind of love. That notebook kind of love that we would die holding hands, married, and be ushered into the presence of God. Friends, I would love to die that way with my husband. But the reality is, that's probably not going to happen. An understanding God's individual call for our life and the strength that is held in the presence of God within you, oh, it's the most powerful revelation that you can hold. See, we don't believe that marriage is the pinnacle of fulfillment and purpose in life. If that's what we believed as a church, that'd be some pretty bad theology because we know that Jesus lived out a history-changing purpose and he was called, ordained, strengthened, and fulfilled his purpose with the presence of God. We believe that God has a mission for you right here, right now. And what we're discussing today is applicable to everyone in the room. But I do wanna speak specifically to this season because I believe that in a season of singleness, you can be any age, could be all sorts of different details to your season, but I believe that there is a specific attack of the enemy because perhaps you don't have someone in your home every day that you're able to process the thoughts and the attacks of the enemy with. So often you can harbor fears and never let the light shine in on them so that the light can dispel the lies that perhaps are harboring in places in your heart. Rick's talked about it not too long ago, but I have a five-year-old, a three-year-old, and a one-year-old, and my five-year-old boy, Wyatt, I adore him, and he is right now terrified of heaven. Like, he asks us, Mom, how do I get there? Can we drive there? No, baby, we can't drive there. Can we fly there? No, babe, we can't fly there. How do I get there? Well, he's realized you have to die, and he doesn't want to have anything to do with it. And so every night, we pray, and he prays for everything. He's so grateful. God, thank you for the door. God, thank you for my breakfast. Lord, thank you for my toothbrush. God, thank you so much for cereal. God, thank you for my roof. He goes through so many things, and at the end, he says, and I am not going to go to heaven, amen. <laughs> and I know you're like, Don Shree, you need to work on that. <laughs> you know what? I'm at peace, because he's bringing it to God every night. <laughs> he's bringing it to God. What more could I ask for than him to just bring his fear to God? And so often we overcomplicate things. We think that God wants us to work out our fears. We think that God wants us to figure out the things on our own that we don't understand. Why don't today you decide just to bring your fear to God? It may be an illogical fear. It may be a silly fear. He doesn't mind. He can handle it today. Just bring your fears to God. We harbor so many fears. I think singleness is a season of strength, but the enemy wants to weaken it with lies. We fear if we'll ever find the right person. And if we're not fearing that we won't find the right person, then we found the right person, but now we've lived so long single in our own strength that we fear the commitment. 
We fear the life that we'll have to give up so that two lives can now compromise. Friends, relationship comes with a cost, but the cost is not greater than you missing out on what God has prepared for you because you've allowed fear to overwhelm you. Some of you in this room, there's a relationship that God's brought into your life, but you're fearful, and so you're waiting for the perfect time. There is no perfect time. There's the right time. Don't miss out on the right time because you're missing out on the perfect time. God will give you the strength to make the changes you need to make along the way. Don't give fear a place in your mind. It's time to cast out fears. Some of you in this room, there's pain and trauma that you've walked through in your life. So now there's this PTSD that you constantly live with that causes triggers and pulls you into the past. The enemy, does not, the enemy doesn't want you to move forward. But God, with his perfect love, only his perfect love, not your spouse's love, not your parents' love, not your kids' love, his perfect love will cast out that fear. It will bring healing every step of the way. Perhaps you're afraid that your life isn't as valuable as someone who's married. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Your life right now is full of purpose. It's full of strength. But fear is a chameleon and it can hide itself in concern, can hide itself in wisdom, when really it's just fear lurking in the shadows trying to keep you back from all that God has for you. I'll never forget talking to a friend years ago. She said to me, Don Cherie, haven't been able to have kids for over 10 years. She said, but I haven't been to the doctor yet. I said, why haven't you been to the doctor? She said, because I'm afraid. I'm afraid that the doctor's gonna say it's my fault, that there's something wrong with me, and I just won't be able to bear it for me and my husband if I'm the problem. I looked in her eyes, I said, you are never the problem. You are never the problem. And God will give you the strength together to walk through anything that you face. See, the problem wasn't the fear in the marriage. The problem was the fear in her heart. And that fear was there before she stepped into the marriage. See, there was a feeling that even in her marriage that she had to maintain the facade of making things work when, friends, that's not the point of marriage at all. But that fear was lying to her. It's not until we allow the fears to be in the light that they're exposed for the lies that they truly are. Whatever your fear is, let the word of God be a mirror today to say, stop living in fear. This is not like, hey, we will just usher fear out one step at a time. No, perfect love casts out fear. It has to leave at the name of Jesus. There's no fear in love. Another word for cast away, when I think about casting it out, getting rid of it, is the, is the process of pruning. And we're not gonna go into it deep today, but God gives us this beautiful picture of our lives being pruned, things actually being removed. When Jesus says, I'm the vine, you are the branches, the branches don't, that don't produce fruit, they are cast away, they are dead, but the branches that do produce fruit, they are then pruned, why? So that they can produce more fruit. It doesn't make sense, does it, that God wants to cut away things in your life so that you grow more? But that's how life with Jesus works. 
He wants to cut out the fear. He wants to cut out the intimidation in your life. Why? Well, when you look at a rose bush, you cut away the weaker stems because even though the stems are living and they'll, gr they'll grow, you have to cut away the weaker ones so that the strongest can have all of the vitality of the life source to flow to it so that it can flourish to its fullest extent. Some of you are in a season right now where fear is siphoning off the energy source of your life. You don't even realize it because there's some things in your life that seem to be growing, but they're not growing as much as they could be if you would cast out fear. If you'd let God cut off the areas of life where you're worrying, Jesus says, what does worry add to your life? Not even a day. Will you let him prune your life? See, I believe that this season that you're in right now, that when people take a look at your life, whether you're single, whether you're divorced, whether you're dating, whether you're widowed, whatever season of life you're in, I believe when Jesus is in your life, that people can look at you and say, wow, you've changed. I don't know what it is about you, but there's a holy confidence. You're living big. You're living large. You're not living hindered or pulled back. No, you're in wide open spaces living free. Because fear no longer lives in your life. That's God's will for you. Pray prayers that make the enemy afraid and delight heaven. Get rid of fear and pick up faith. It's a season to face your fears, but secondly, I believe that it's a season to choose truth. Ecclesiastes says it's a time to break down and a time to build up. I wanna talk about breaking down for a minute because there's some things in all of our lives that we built up that we need to tear down. And I wanna apply it specifically to dating. Because there are people that are watching online in this room at one of our locations today that you've been dating someone and you have built this relationship up for years, but you know it's not the right one. How long are you gonna build something that you know you shouldn't be building? Will today be the day that you actually realize this is a season for me to choose truth? This is a season for me to be real and honest with God that this relationship is not working. Do you choose the truth or do you settle for complacency and comfort? Because you're at a crossroads and you know you are. And you can look at the word of God, it says it's like looking in a mirror and you can walk out these doors and decide not to obey what God's spoken to your heart. And it's like forgetting what you look like. Or you can walk out of these doors and you can go, I know what I'm called to do and nobody's gonna do it for me. I have to make the hard decision because this is a season to break it down. Sometimes we can be in dating relationships and we can just be waiting for that person to change. You're believing a lie if you think that once you take some vows that that person is gonna miraculously change into who you've prayed for them to be. Marriage does not make a husband a husband. A wedding vow does not suddenly change someone's character. Are they changing right now? 
Well, if they're not changing right now into who God's called them to be, there's no indication or promise that they will ever change in the future. You've gotta be honest with yourself. You only get to choose one person to walk through life alongside. I hope you choose well. You're not looking for someone who's perfect. You're looking for someone who's committed to progress. You're looking for someone who is committing to let the Holy Spirit change their lives. You will never be the Holy Spirit in their lives. There is only one Holy Spirit, only one person who can truly change and transform us, and you're not it. He is. Don't tolerate a toxic relationship. You cannot change what you tolerate. There's some of you in this room that you're in a dysfunctional relationship. And it's functioning, so you think it's okay, but it's functioning with dysfunction. And it is so dysfunctional. Friends, some of you would rather be in a dysfunctional relationship than be alone with health and vitality and life and wholeness. But today is the opportunity for you to choose the truth, for you to look honestly at the relationship and evaluate whether it's the right relationship for you to be in, the right person for you to be dating, the right person that you would walk alongside leading up towards marriage. Friends, dating is not a game. Dating is not just checking it out. People influence you more than you know. Take it seriously. It's time to quit kissing frogs and expecting a prince. Can't keep kissing those frogs. He's not the one. She's not the one. You thought that kiss was gonna change him. It's not changing nothing. But you're tying your heart to them. With every date, with every day forward, you're developing feelings. You're not falling into love, you're choosing it. Make no mistake about it. We don't fall, we choose. We lean in, we create space, we create time. Your relationships matter. You can apply this to any relationship. I thought I would give you a different perspective today as we're talking about choosing the truth. There's a lot of different facets that we've taught about what to look for in dating. I'm just gonna choose one today. Don't date a double-minded person. Don't date a double-minded person. You wanna be with one, someone who has a singular focus, who knows what they believe. They don't have to have all the money. They don't have to have everything together yet. You can grow together, but they're not gonna grow if they don't have a singular focus, if they don't know the direction that they are walking in. If you date someone who's double-minded, it will only bring confusion into your life. If your closest companions in life are double-minded, it will only bring confusion and trouble into your life. James talks about this in James 1. It says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, 
blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. So this word comes from the Greek word dipsukos, which means to have two different souls, two different spirits, to be divided in your interests. And I think it's really important to read the entire paragraph that we just read because it paints a picture of a season of life. It's a season that we all face. It's a season of perseverance. It's a season of being tested of God. I don't know what's going on, but what does the person who is of one mind do? They ask God for understanding, wisdom, and discernment. And they stay asking God with full confidence that even though they don't understand the full story, that God will give them the wisdom, discernment, and understanding to walk through as they persevere. But the double-minded person, you can always see it when they face a season of perseverance because they start with God, but then they go to the next thing that'll give them strength. And then they go to the other thing that promises to give them strength. And no wonder they are tossed to and fro like the waves. They don't know who to trust. Come in on a Sunday and you worship, but when worry sets in, who do you run to? You come in on Sunday and you say amen, but when trouble besets your home, Where do you run to? See, you gotta walk alongside someone who is not double-minded. Someone who says, I don't have all the answers, but I know the one who does. And I'm not moving from the plot or the place where he has called me to be. I'm following Jesus. I'm following Jesus. You know how much confusion that's gonna cut out of your life? When you just decide to not date someone who's double-minded, I'm no longer putting up with this drama. See, when someone is singular, singularly minded, cuts out so much drama because they know what they're focusing on. Cuts out so much of the garbage of talk because their thoughts turn to prayers. Walk with someone who knows what they believe. Walk with someone who knows what they believe. I don't wanna get sidetracked, but I do wanna say when you break up, there's a right way to break up. Don't delay it, the time is only hurting them more. When you break up, give them the space that they need. It's not your responsibility to heal them. God will surround them with the right people. Create a break that actually allows them to heal. Don't try to help them in that way because you're not helping them, you're hurting them further. When you break up, we're a part of a family. Don't assassinate someone's character. The person may not be the right person for you, but there may be someone else in this family that is the perfect fit that God's ordained. Why tear down someone? There's no need. Honor them as a child of God. That's God's son, that's God's daughter. Create healthy boundaries. Don't talk about it to everybody. Said, talk about it with the right people. And create space so that you can deal with the breakup in the correct way. See, God has given us a season to choose truth. My prayer for you is that you wouldn't just hear the word, have the Holy Spirit convict your heart about a relationship today, 
and then walk out and shove it under the rug of your heart, but rather that you would have the courage through his power to make the decisions that you need to make. It's a season to face your fears. It's a season to choose the truth, but it's also a season to build again. Will you say that with me? Build again. Come on. Say it one more time. It's a season to build again. This gets me excited. Because Ecclesiastes says it's a time to break down, but there's a time also to build up. Marriage is not in the same category as dating. Marriage is a covenant with God for life. Marriage is not just between two people. It's a covenant with Almighty God who is your creator and sustainer. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. And the beautiful thing about a marriage where two people are submitted to God is that the things that are meant to break you only bond you closer together. That's called supernatural strength. Marriage has been instituted by God, ordained by God. What he begins, he finishes. Every single season of our life, God gives us the opportunity to build again within our marriage. Why? Because marriage is holy to him. Did you know that marriage was instituted by God before the nation of Israel or the church? It's holy to God. It means something. And I can look back on my relationship with Rich in so many seasons, and every season we have the opportunity to build again. Because if you're not building, no marriage just supernaturally, effortlessly lasts for 50 years. You're always building. You're always growing. You're always investing. And some of you need to hear it today because you've gotten comfortable in your marriage. It's time to build again. Some of you have been walking together for decades, raising kids, things are going good and you're kind of coasting, but even in a slow, even in still waters, a boat drifts. You better be careful. God's waking you up today to say, build again, build again. It's time, this is the season, build again. I remember when Rich and I first got married, we were in college. And we moved to Miami and jumped into full-time ministry and it was a time for us to build again. It was a change, it was uncertain. We were head over heels in love with each other, head over heels in love with Jesus, but it was time to build again. Walking through infertility, build again. Planting Vuk Church, season changes, build again. Having a newborn, whoo, build again. Six months in and you're finally sleeping, but things are changed forever. Build again. I got a three-year-old and now I added another. Build again. Now I got two and I'm pregnant with a third. Build again. Now all my babies are sleeping, but they're still waking up early. Build again. Build again. Build again. Build again. Build again. What's your picture of marriage? Build again. Through the disagreements, build again. Through the misunderstandings, build again. Through the emotions, build again. Through the grief and the loss of loved ones, build again. The hospital visits, build again. Through the unforeseen job loss, build again. Through the city changes, build again. This is what marriage is. It's always time to build again. 
The Bible's clear that there are a few instances where divorce is allowed. God created partnership between a man and a woman before sin entered the equation. We know that that's no longer the case. Brokenness is the state of our world. Sometimes things don't end the way that we thought when we began. But the Bible talks clearly that infidelity and abuse should never be excused in a marriage. And I wanna start with abuse first of all because I would never wanna talk about marriage without making it very clear that the Bible does not condone you staying in an abusive relationship. There's never a reason for you to stay in a physically abusive relationship. God is not calling you to work on your marriage while somebody works on you. That is not the way that God created marriage. You don't need to stay another night in a home where you are in danger of being harmed. Doesn't matter what the, pro- the person promises you that they're gonna change, it's fully unacceptable and you need to be in a safe place. Abuse is never, ever, ever okay. And that is not a marriage. So if you've believed that lie, or maybe you've thought that the Bible said otherwise, we wanna be the ones who speak truth to your heart to say abuse is not okay in any way. It shouldn't be tolerated. And if you need help today, every single week, right outside, The white tent, there are people there waiting to pray with you, talk with you. Our pastoral team is there. We wanna walk with you through healing. But abuse should never be excused. The other thing that the Bible's clear about is that infidelity gives you the right, if you feel, to step into choosing a divorce. You say, Dontree, why do you say it that way? Because I just wanna be very literal. Like, if someone has been unfaithful in your marriage, you or your spouse, The Bible says that you have the ability to decide that you want a divorce. But there are many instances that I've gotta tell you about that if the Holy Spirit is tugging on your heart because there's repentance and forgiveness, like Rich preached last week, where our our community is full of stories, where there has been infidelity And because there was full repentance and change that God not only healed the marriage, but gave new life and new growth and made it stronger than it had ever been before by exposing the dark areas of the heart and bringing freedom and intimacy to every single area of the marriage. If you're in a broken state right now, and the Holy Spirit is tugging on your heart to reconcile, can I just tell you that our God is able to heal your marriage? Our God is able with two hearts fully surrendered, fully surrendered through counseling, through prayer, through surrounding yourself with people who are gonna walk with you through it. We could talk all day on it, but we have so many different offerings for pe- people in marriages. I wanna encourage you. We have VU Care Crews. We have Grace Marriage Class. It's incredible. We partner with one of the best counseling organizations here in our city, all Christian family certified counselors. They wanna stand with you. We wanna walk with you. Our pastoral team, we wanna meet with you. If you feel like God God, my heart is open to what you could do in my marriage. Then today you can choose to build again. 
but there's so many different seasons represented. Because I know that there are a lot of people in this room that have walked through divorce and your spouse or you years ago came to a place where it was just over. And maybe your spouse left you and you feel broken and you've walked through seasons that you never saw coming and you feel so much guilt for something that you never even did. Can I tell you that God wants to bring freedom to you today? God wants to heal your heart. Others of you, you made decisions years ago. And now as you look back, you have regret and you have shame. Friends, if you've surrendered your life to God, you are a brand new creation. You shouldn't walk in shame anymore. You shouldn't walk in regret. Rather, surrender your entire future to Him and watch Him as He makes all things new. All things new. This is not a house of shame. This is a house of healing. But our hands don't do the healing. God's hands do the healing. Only His hands can do the healing. I, um, I was thinking about in the Word of God, there's a scripture that people quote a lot. I know the plans I have for you. How many times have you heard that scripture quoted? Not for harm, but for good. We love to quote that scripture. We hate the context. God's people were in exile. They'd been taken from their homeland. They were in a place that they didn't know. They were in a place that they didn't wanna be. They were in what felt like a wilderness. And friends, when you go through broken relationships, whether it be a divorce, whether it be grief or loss, it feels like you are in exile. It feels like you are in a place that you never wanted to be. God, you've removed me from everything I knew and you planted me here. But when you read the entire passage, it doesn't just say, I know the plans I have for you. Before it ever says that, before God ever makes that promise, He says, I know you're in exile, but while you are in that foreign land, I want you to build again. He says, I want you to build houses that you will live in. I want you to plant vineyards and gardens that you will eat from. You've been waiting until everything is back, but right now, right here is the time to build, to live, to breathe, to, re to receive all of my healing power. And so the word for you today, if you feel like you're in exile, if you feel broken, is build again, right where you are. Jump into a crew. Surround yourself with the people that wanna pray for you and lift you up. Decide to serve and find, find a calling that's bigger than yourself. Open up your eyes to what God has placed right here, right now. You say, Don, sure you don't understand the season of sorrow that I'm in, the grief that I'm in. I think one of the most beautiful things that I get to see on a weekly basis it's how God brings people from sorrow to joy. Sometimes it takes years, sometimes it takes months, but it's simply choosing to just keep coming back, to keep trusting Jesus, to not be double-minded and go try to find your healing somewhere else. Only Jesus can heal, restore you. I've seen people that have walked through divorces and been so broken that God has restored everything and even more to them that God is taking care of them. Why? Because you're His son. You are His daughter. And He knows the plans He has for you. 
that your life is not on hold. You can build right here, right now, even with my sorrow, yeah, even with your sorrow, because suffering and sorrow is a main theme of the Word of God. Genesis starts with sin entering the equation, bringing brokenness and sorrow. Exodus is full of sorrow. The Old Testament, so many of the prophets prophesying of the sorrow. You get into Psalms and you have the psalmist testifying of steadfast love, why? Because he walks through so much sorrow, so much suffering. And then we see our Lord and Savior, Jesus. And how does God decide to describe him? As a man of sorrow. As a man of sorrow, Isaiah 53, he was despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. See, through the word of God, we're encouraged to express our sorrow. We're encouraged not to cover it up and think it's all okay. We can go to God and say, God, I'm in pain and He is acquainted with your grief. Even when Jesus came, prophecies have been told for generations of the coming Messiah and they missed it because they didn't expect Him to be a man of sorrows. They expected him to ride in triumphantly. They expected him to be born into a palace. They expected him to be clothed in royalty and said he was born in a manger and he was crucified. And as they watched him suffering on the cross, they thought, oh, this can't be him because this is not what we believe the Messiah will do. This can't be him. Stripped naked with nails in his hands and his feet, Suffering, this is not the story of victory that we expected. But for you to fully understand your salvation, you gotta understand that the theology of the cross, that through our suffering, there is glory. The story doesn't end at the cross. There's a resurrection, there is new life, there is eternal hope and joy and peace and healing that the enemy cannot steal. Your suffering may endure for the night, but I want to speak over you. Joy comes in the morning. Joy comes in the morning. You can stand up all over this room at City, at DD. Why don't you stand to your feet? Because we're going to close. The cross wasn't the end. The suffering isn't the end. It's the season. And all seasons come to an end. Even Ecclesiastes, Solomon gets done speaking all these different extreme ends of seasons that we face. And then he says this in Ecclesiastes 3 verse 9, what gain has the worker from his toil? I have seen the business that God has given the children of man to be busy with. He has made everything beautiful in its time. And He has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. He's made everything beautiful in its time. And He's seeded eternity in your heart, why? So that when your season is full of suffering, you have a hope that you literally cannot explain 
but you know that one day you're not gonna be bound by time. There might be a time change, it's not gonna send ripples through your life. You're gonna be in eternity, completely free, completely whole, full of peace, no more tears, no more worry, no more wants, no more lack, no friends. He's put a seed for a future season. And when you don't know what to do, you just hold on to the seed that He's sown. You can sense it, eternity drawing you. But don't just let eternity draw you, let eternity change you. This isn't about you changing that person that hurt you. So many times we live in regret. If only they could change, I'd be okay. No friends, you're gonna be okay. Because God is with you. And as you look back over the story of your life, you'll be able to say, he changed me. He changed my season. He changed my story brought me to a season where I was able to face my fears, cast them out because his love was just that good. He brought me to a season where I was able to build again and again and again because it wasn't my strength, it was his strength. Today, God didn't bring you here to point out all the things that your spouse needs to change, the person you're dating needs to change. He brought you here to remind you that He's the change agent and He wants to change you by the power of His Spirit. Would you bow your heads all over this place at every location? If you say, Don Cherie, you're talking about Jesus and this perfect love. You're talking about the theology of the cross and the life that comes with resurrection, but I don't know Jesus. My friend brought me here. I've grown up in church, but I don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. I don't know Him. I've never made Him my Lord and my Savior. I've been double-minded. Just been trying to find my own strength season to season, what seems to fit best. But today, my heart has been opened and I've seen the truth. And I don't just wanna see it, I wanna choose Jesus. With no hesitation, I want you to be able to respond to His love. If that's you, on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. One. This is between you and Jesus, not your neighbor. Two, don't put off a decision for tomorrow that you need to make today. Three, that's you, raise your hand. I choose Jesus. Hands going up all over this room. I know an additional seating, our locations online. You may be in your living room with your hand raised. God sees your heart. You can put your hands down. Actually, right now, all of us across this room and at all locations, we're gonna lift both of our hands with you. And we're gonna pray this prayer. Repeat it after me. Say, Dear Jesus, today I choose to throw my life into your hands. I'm celebrating your rescue. I believe you died for me, that you rose again. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me clean. I wanna walk with you. I wanna talk with you. I love you, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Amen. I'd like to take a moment to pray for people that are in a season of change. That what you've heard today through the power of God's word 
that you would allow it to work in you and give you the courage to step into what he's called you to do. You can do it because he's with you. And if that's you today, just lift your hands up. I wanna pray for you. God, I pray for my friends that are in a season of change. God, I pray that they would just obey. They wouldn't wait for the feelings. They wouldn't wait till they think it's right and they have all the pieces together. They just obey. Let them obey you. Those that need to forgive, that those that need to build again, for those that need to build a bridge today, God, let them begin today. Step over themselves and start to do what they're called to do. For those that need to break up a dating relationship, because the person they're dating is bringing confusion, the person they're dating has created a cycle of dysfunction that they have gotten used to functioning in, I pray that you'd give them the courage today to step into obedience. God, I pray for individuals in this room who have been riddled by fear, who've been living small when you've called them to live big, big lives, breathing deeply in your grace, trusting you, celebrating the season they're in. Lord, today let your love cast out the fear. Then find a friend to bring the fear into light, to be able to realize what a lie it is. Holy Spirit, empower them with boldness, with truth, with comfort as they walk through changes. We pray for marriages in this room. You'd bring healing and restoration. We pray for people who've walked through divorces. God, we just pray right now that you would strengthen them. Let them not be looking back. Let them look ahead to all that you've called them to. There's more if they're in the valley right now. Let them see that you're gonna carry them through this season. You're a healer. You're a restorer. We've seen it time and time and time again. Strengthen the families in this room. Legacy of faith, sacrifice, perseverance, all for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, and everybody said, amen, amen. Can we give God praise? Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. At VU, we believe we weren't meant to do life alone. We've been created with a unique purpose and designed to live in relationship with Jesus. If you've never surrendered your life to Him, we wanna create an opportunity for you to do so today. If you wanna say yes to Jesus, would you pray this with me? Dear Jesus, Come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. I trust you with my past. I ask that you guide me in my present, and I even place my future in your hands. I'm yours, Lord, now and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. If you made the decision to follow Jesus today, we want to partner with you in the next steps of your faith journey. Go to voochurch.com online. We love you.